0: Movie Marks.
1: It's that time of the year again. Every store has a display of heart-shaped chocolate boxes. Jewelry stores are shimmering with gold and jewels being passed back and forth, and gas stations are fresh out of roses. Today, we head to our neighbors to the north Canada to see how they handle the art of the romantic comedy. Spoiler: not great. <laughs> Wear the movie marks, and today, if you liked it, you should have put a wrestling ring on it. <laughs> it's Chokeslam, starring Chelsea Green and the greatest of all time, Mick Foley. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the mankind to my rock, Chris Kramer.
1: I appreciate you for doing that. I know you, you give me a hard time about my Mick Foley uh, obsession, but I appreciate that. Yes,
0: I mean, I I don't often overlap with the movie we're actually doing with the team, but this, you know, I, I can't pass up making you Mick whenever I can. A Mick is... He's been uh, referenced on our tag team intros multiple times now because we had a uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack once.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, I do plan on getting both of our faces airbrushed onto socks. so
0: <laughs> And then sticking them into your pants? <laughs>
1: yes, of course. Well, where else
0: would I put my socks? <laughs> um, before we get to this, uh, our Valentine's Day spectacular kickoff chokeslam, we have some listener feedback to get to. Um, we actually got an email about our Cosmic Sin episode. So this is from someone who actually saw the movie, which most of our correspondence are about people asking us why we watch these in the first place. So someone named Nick apparently found our show because he was looking for others who had seen and appreciated how bizarre Cosmic Sin and Bruce Willis's current career are. So this person, this
1: person's a fan of the Bruce Willis downfall.
0: Right. And he, he's just looking for a commentary on that. Like, you know, like, a, <laughs> I guess, he. I mean, thanks for listening, Nick, but he also didn't include if he liked the episode or has listened to any of our other shows, any, nothing like that. So he's just saying, this is how I found it. It, it was like a how to basically.
1: Well, welcome to the, welcome to the show, Nick. I'm glad you found us.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't <laughs> So. He's probably not listening, right? I mean, unless he's really clamoring for the, I don't know, what, the Chelsea Green verse? Hopefully we'll
1: once again dip our toe into some kind of bad Bruce Willis film that he's looking to the left on the poster of.
0: Kramer, Kramer. I already have one in the chamber. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> All righty, right. Let's let's do this thing. Uh, it's Valentine's Day, so uh, we're doing romantic stuff. So I picked Chokeslam thinking it was going to be a certain type of movie. Spoilers. It's not that type of movie. But... The movie opens at a deli, and the first thing we see is a man in a luchador mask trying to rob this deli.
1: I'm, I was immediately excited. It's it's a wrestling movie from go.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, th- this probably fits into our collection of films where random places get burglarized, because we've had diners, <laughs> and, and now we have a delicatessen. It's not even a good place to rob, of course.
1: No. How much money could a deli bring in?
0: <laughs> well, and that's actually kind of the one of the jokes of this scene is that the guy working at the deli counter, who we find out is our main character named Corey, is played by Christopher Marquette, who's done a lot of TV and stuff. He's actually had a, a pretty, you know, successful career. Um, he basically says to the robber, this is a deli. We, we're not a bank. We don't have a lot of stuff here. We have meat. And so they're trying to make this kind of funny. And it's not terribly funny. The guy insists that he give him the money because he's pointing a gun in his face. Corey is able to discern who the robber is because they went to high school together. And this takes place over the course of a very long, maybe ad libbed, maybe partially written, Abbott and Costello-style routine. And right from the start, you should know that every scene is constructed in this manner. Scenes go on for way Uh, too long.
1: Things happen that I feel they were improvised and then never followed up on
0: a lot. Oh, 100% true. Uh, So ultimately, this this robber takes the mask off and admits that he's this person and he's trying to escape. And basically, he gets knocked out by another either woman who works at the deli or a customer. But Corey, for some reason, covers for this guy, which I don't understand. I I still don't understand. I've seen the whole movie. I have thought about it. I've pondered it. I've had dreams about it. I still don't understand why he lets this guy off the hook.
1: No, it let's him off the hook, and then they become the bestest friends ever. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this friendship. But uh, the the uh, robber is a, is a man named Luke, who is played by Michael Eckland, who is another Canadian actor who pops up a lot. So I don't know. You'd know him if you saw him. I yeah. guess would be.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Most of the top billed cast in this movie have actually had good careers.
0: Yeah, I or at least working careers. I mean, none of them are, are Yeah, are like they're huge. still in things. Yeah, right. Like even some of the smaller characters, like, oh, yeah, he's on Hallmark every weekend. Good for him. You know, he's making money. So I also point out this movie is directed by Robert Cuffley, who has only done this movie. So I don't know. Um, Yeah, so he covers for him, like you said, and now he, they're hanging out almost immediately. He invites the guy back. They're in the back of the deli now talking. I don't know why. And and it's also pointed out that it's not even as though these were friends in high school who have now reconnected from this robbery. It turns out, no, he doesn't remember him, doesn't remember him. He's older than him. So I don't know why Corey is suddenly attaching himself to this guy. But this is this is the first I I, honestly it's the only meet cute in this romantic movie. (laughs) It's between (laughs) these two, basically.
1: Well, I mean, Corey seems to have a history of just attaching to people that don't actually want him.
0: Save it. We're not there yet. (laughs) So, Corey, um, so this is maybe an interesting plot development. They're in the back of the deli, and Corey shows uh, Luke plans blueprints for his vision for the future of this deli. It's going to be he's going to expand it. It's really interesting. But don't worry, the movie completely ignores all of that. You never have to think about it again. (laughs) We don't even talk about the deli for the rest of the movie. So don't know why we saw those blueprints. (laughs) Coincidentally, their 10th high school reunion is that night, which is way out there to begin with. These two that are discussing it, Luke and Corey, are also not even in the same graduating class. So I don't know why they would have the same reunion. That doesn't make any sense.
1: It's Canadian. Maybe it's
0: a Canadian thing. (laughs) Corey says he's not going to go. But Luke says, oh, I heard that that one wrestling lady is going to be there. And so Corey gets all pale-faced, and he's like, oh, really? So now he wants to go. So clearly there's something going on with the wrestling lady, who we don't know <laughs> who it is. Now we get our smash opening credits, and now we finally meet that wrestling lady. She, her name is Sheena DeWild. The opening credits are a series, basically a, a collection of TMZ clips. Of her doing bad things repeatedly, so she'll she's training at a gym and she's yelling at the guy behind her who's making faces and she beats him up. She's getting into a cab drunk or she's getting arrested. It's it's very strange and they're establishing this character as sort of a mess right from the start.
1: Yeah, it's the equivalent, I guess, of if Becky
0: Lynch went on a bender. Yeah, with with a temper, basically. Like she's she's this yeah. mega star, but she's out of control. Is the implication from this uh sheena is played by amanda crew who like you said is another person who's done ha- has had a good career she was on silicon valley for a long time that uh like what hbo show yeah
1: i saw f- season one and then never went back well
0: th- maybe this will inspire you to follow her career it does not oh well we, we don't get this st- basically the we can we understand that there's history between Corey and sheena Ev- everyone is saying like oh you know are you gonna see sheena tonight we don't know what it is Corey, for some reason, goes to pick up Luke as though he's his date to the prom, and they go to this reunion together, which I don't know why they would do that. They didn't have—so they, they got, like, a high school gym, but they didn't have enough extras to fill it, so it's just, like, four tables spread out over this enormous gym no yeah this graduating class was about 35 kids 35 kids and it also included people from other years of graduating class (laughs) people are acting weird around Corey apparently there was some kind of thing that happened and we're gonna find out about it and then in walks the I guess the most famous person to graduate from this Sheena DeWild she walks in and everyone kind of pops for her they're all excited to see her whatever for various reasons are they, though? Because this gets weird. <laughs> yeah, well, they're excited that she's there. They don't really seem to like her much, but we'll, we'll get into that as well. <laughs> Corey stares at her creepily, and we get a flashback to 10 years ago when they were still in high school. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, the cast of this film are all people in their early to mid-30s, I'd say. And the way the film decides to let you know that they're still in high school is to slightly alter the look of their hair. <laughs> so Everyone gets bangs. Right, so so Sheena has her hair in a ponytail, and Corey, who is kind of has a receding hairline at this point in his life, just kind of, they give him like the John Cusack, it's kind of down in front of your forehead, but since it's receding, it doesn't go very far, so it's not convincing <laughs> at all that he's supposed to be 17, whatever.
1: I am always a fan of when they do flashbacks and just keep the same actors and it is the creepiest, laziest. I, adults as high schoolers is a weird area I enjoy to see. <laughs>
0: um, so they're they're in the gymnasium and apparently they're dating. So we find out that they used to date in high school and they're hiding behind the balcony of the gym as though it's that it's that scene from uh, what a what, Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, where they're looking at their own funeral. That's what it's like, because they're up there, and the assembly is for her, which is just wild on another level. Apparently, she had been drafted, question mark, to a (laughs) major wrestling company and was leaving high school, so the school had an assembly wishing her farewell. This is nuts.
1: Oh, Well, you know, in Canada, since they don't have a military, you get drafted into professional wrestling, right?
0: (laughs) Well, I have so many questions about this. Like, so many questions. So, first of all, who gives a shit that you're (laughs) you're becoming a wrestler before you graduate? And I just don't know why that would matter. Two, she didn't graduate, that means, so why is she allowed to come to this reunion, right? That's weird. (laughs) And three, why would a presumably 17 or 18 year old be drafted straight out of high school. It's like so it's I I don't whatever (laughs) it's it's okay. So we're going to talk about this. So so basically this movie is kind of like a standard romance story with like heartbreak and, you know, rekindling of that heartbreak. But then they wanted to make it quirky and weird. And this wrestling storyline is basically a gimmick. To, to make the movie weird. That's all it is, because it does It's not part of the plot in any way.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. In, in, in any like, real way,
0: like they use it, but it's.
1: Yeah, and this this town or this world, the way wrestling exists, it's like it exists at every corner of your of your like town. Like there's hidden wrestling
0: companies and shit. Right. It, it's basically it's the town in the, the main event with the kid who, uh, who becomes right. a professional wrestler overnight, and it also it's they they try and keep kayfabe alive but then don't it's really weird because right when you're watching this stuff you're thinking oh she's legitimately a good wrestler so she's going to compete or like it's the olympics or something right right but that's not what is actually happening so we and this this ceremony is is more of an
1: attack on her
0: well at the reunion yes the flashback is them celebrating her no yes yeah yeah that is yeah okay So, so we get the, they. this is broken up too. So we get the flashback, whatever they're, they're dating. They're in love. It's awesome. We cut back to present day, the reunion where all of these actors look basically the same. And as she's walking on stage for, I guess, like a hero's welcome, for some reason, the principal guy initiates a montage of all her negative press playing on a loop. And he's acting as though it was an accident. Like, oh, I don't know how this happened. But he was the one who put it on. So I don't... I didn't understand any of this.
1: This this entire movie starts to make me question the the concept that Canada is nothing but nice people. Because <laughs> there is nobody in this movie that is a good person.
0: <laughs> um, Some guy in the crowd heckles her. And she jumps down, puts him in a giant swing, like Cesaro style. Which, which was <laughs> great. And... Is like beating people up, people are trying to grab her. So this is showing again that she's got this like, you know, hot head rage going. And then Corey sneaks up behind her to try and calm her down and she punches him in the face.
1: Yes. And before he sneaks in to calm her down, his new best friend that tried to rob him yells, Corey, cop a feel or grab her underwear. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah, we're we're gonna have to talk about the Luke character and his relationship with women because in a movie that not only features professional wrestling stars a collection of professional wrestlers is presumably made by someone who likes professional wrestling it only seems to exist so that this character can name moves and make them perverse right yeah like you would much. think there it's would be like some a, respect yeah. for this but he's only used like he'll just say insert x move and then it's about being creepy to a woman it's
1: yeah, that's, this entire character is just creepy.
0: Yes, very much so. Fun fact, I, I looked up his Wikipedia, the Michael Eklund, the guy who plays this, and in the first paragraph of his Wikipedia, it says he's known for playing characters who are creepy. <laughs> oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I guess again, hey, you're getting paid, why not? Uh, my note here about this uh, reunion, which has deteriorated into a brawl about 12 seconds into her entrance, is... Why did Sheena come to this? Why would what what was she doing there?
1: Uh, it It's not it's one of those classic movie things that happens a lot where someone that has left town and become like a big name and like a celebrity or whatever falls on hard times. So their only option is to go back home to rediscover themselves. That's it's 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 just basically an, a genre upon itself.
0: All right. Or as we like to call it on this show, it's Gavin Stoning. <laughs> it's Gavin Stoning. <laughs> I don't understand why she traveled back to this town.
1: No, because eventually we meet her sister, and she's an asshole
0: too. What she's she's a thing. (laughs) That that character, man. We uh, cut back to our flashback. Uh, Corey's been knocked unconscious by Sheena. Now we're back to the flashback. Sheena's giving her farewell assembly speech, saying, "Oh, uh, you know, thanks for sending me off. You know, it's all normal stuff." Corey then walks up on stage, and you you know what's coming here in front of all their classmates. These are two kids, basically. He gets down on one knee and proposes to her in public and gets embarrassingly rejected. So this this is the trauma he's been dealing with since Sheena left. Uh, now we cut to the hospital. Corey's in the hospital. We meet his mother, who is a awful character, does a disservice to mothers and women everywhere just terrible the whole movie unsupportive mean
1: it's yep
0: give me I some I call her Canadian Canadian Francis McDermott okay i could definitely see that but give her something else. Give her, a, like, a soft side. She's just mean. Like, she's overprotective, Yeah. No, nonstop she, overprotective and mean.
1: She we The first time we actually meet her, she comes in and just throws out his flowers for no reason that are next to him in the hospital.
0: Well, there is a reason, Kramer, because the flowers are from Sheena. So I'm assuming the mother read the card and threw them out, because she hates Sheena because of what Sheena did in high school, which... Also, it's not on Sheena. It's 100% it's not on Sheena. The the (laughs) movie, This is again, it's so weird. I talk about this in my notes later, but this movie could have been, this is 2016 this movie came out. It could have been this, like, on the cusp of the woman's evolution in professional wrestling. This movie about a female superstar in the sport. It could have been this, like, really inventive tie-in. And instead, the main characters of our movie are this fucking guy. It's like such a missed opportunity. And it's not even as though you have a a wrestler as your lead actress. You have an actual actress. You could have done the whole movie around her. Why is she the secondary character? It doesn't make any sense.
1: She's the secondary character. And almost she's like the third villain in this movie. Because everyone constantly is mad at her. Corey constantly is blaming her. Yes. For what his life is. It's 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 insane.
0: I mean I mean the movie wants you to blame her for getting a great job offer out of high school and deciding she doesn't want to be married to her high school boyfriend at the age of 17 and a half. The movie wants those to be negatives, but they actually seem like positive things to me.
1: <laughs> Almost all of her choices I can understand. Corey's the one I don't understand. Right, and and, he's your
0: lead. Right, and we're way off on a tangent now because we're talking about the whole movie. But the wrong people basically made this movie. Is basically it? <laughs> it was basically made by the people who made American Pie, and it should have been made by anyone else. <laughs> Catherine Bigelow could have made this movie better. Someone like that. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> okay, so we're at the hospital. The like I said, the flowers are from Sheena. Corey's very excited because he thinks, yes, you know, I'm gonna be able to win her heart over. Uh, My next note is that this movie is really weird. It almost feels like it's a real movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some of these are not even close. Uh, Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies is not even close to a real movie, whereas Body Slam is a real movie. It's just not great. This is really close to feeling like a real movie, and then there'll be things that just make it feel like it was made for public access. It's right. It's teetering on that edge. Like all the actors are pretty good, but then like the sets are an empty hospital room that they were able to sneak into.
1: <laughs> it's actually shot on, uh, you know, like cinema quality like film, I guess, or, you know, like at least digitally. It doesn't look like it was done with an iPhone.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So it, it's it's a weird mix of, of and I guess that's I guess that basically sums up the whole movie to a degree that it's just they it can't it, it's not quite where it needs to be. Our next scene, Corey's out of the hospital now and he's got a neck brace on. He was hit in the face. Don't really know why he's got like a cartoon fake lawyer accident neck brace on, but he wears it for the next 40 minutes. So
1: <laughs> it's the classic, it's a classic wrestling uh, neck brace. You know, your 80s manager got injured, neck brace.
0: Basically, I feel like Cornette wore this for a solid three years at one point. <laughs> he tracks down Sheena, who's at an art gallery where she's fundraising for her sister. This sister character is another female character who just sucks from the word go.
1: <laughs>
0: she's just awful. She's mean to Sheena, who... She also needs Sheena to make this art gallery a success, but she's really mean to her. It's just she's she gets even worse as we go on. We'll talk about it later. Uh,
1: she gets fucking real worse later. Yeah.
0: So she's fundraising for an art, this art gallery storyline. Talk about all the random bullshit <laughs> this movie is throwing in. There's the deli... There's the professional wrestling storyline. Now there's an art gallery storyline, which it comes up more than once. This is yeah. wild. It doesn't make any tie to anything in the movie.
1: We didn't reference it because it doesn't mean anything. There's even
0: a weird therapist with different job storyline going on. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, Kramer. <laughs> I didn't even write down when those scenes happened <laughs> because I did not comprehend what was occurring. Brief overview for you listeners. Corey has a therapist who, for some reason, doesn't make enough money doing that and instead works at a hardware store. So Corey goes to a hardware store for therapy at various points in the movie. And I don't know why any of these things happened. If this was a real movie, again, close to being a real, if this was a real movie, you might film that stuff. And then when you look at the movie and editing, you would literally cut that entire character out. Because she is so self-contained in those scenes, it wouldn't change the movie.
1: Yep, the only person she interacts with, Corey. You could have cut those, like, three scenes out, and this would have been a much shorter movie.
0: Yes, it's... it's. Oh, thank you for bringing up the goddamn hardware therapist.
1: <laughs> hardware therapist.
0: <laughs> and another female character who is basically mocked. All of the female characters in this movie are mocked in some way. It's really, really weird. You interrupted me. We were at the art gallery. This is important stuff, Kramer. Okay?
1: Yes, we are at the art gallery with the wrestling fundraiser.
0: <laughs> yes, right, because Sheena is fundraising for an art gallery. Luckily, though, one of the big donors to the art gallery is a huge mark, so maybe he would like our show. <laughs> he's, uh, he's regaling regaling. Jeez, I'm gonna have to cut that whole thing. (laughs) I'm not even close on that word. He is telling stories (laughs) to Sheena about the good old days when they were in the territories. He's name-dropping a whole bunch of wrestlers. He's got Killer Kowalski in there. He's got Bruno San Martino. Good for him. Again, I don't know. This is just for us, I guess. I don't know who else cares. Corey bails Sheena out, kinda. She she doesn't want to be in this conversation. Corey says, oh, there's a phone call for you. So he sneaks her out. Sheena basically keeps saying, I don't want to be near you in this scene. Justifiably, he's now officially stalking her. And Corey won't leave her alone. So this is our hero, folks. This is the guy we're rooting for in this movie.
1: Nope. This is that classic 80s thing where, like, the person just nags someone until they love you, which is clearly inappropriate. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. Corey won't take a hint, but he, she agrees to leave with him, which you never go to a second location. This is <laughs> this is true crime 101. You never get to a second location with a stalker. <laughs> they go to the local indie wrestling show, which apparently, man, terrible podcasting. I didn't write down the name of it, but it's apparently a pretty well-known uh, Canadian arena. And he takes them there. This is where Sheena used to get her start when she was still working uh, the independence, I guess. And we meet the star of our film, Mick Foley. Hell yeah, and they let him wear his own clothes. Yep, definitely sweatpants, the red plaid shirt, 100% his own clothes. Um, he's playing a character named Patrick, who's apparently the booker for this the local indie scene. I'm not going to call him Patrick. Just deal with it. He's going to be Mick or Foley. So. It's a strange thing. So there's a show going on, and there's a few people scattered in the audience. But right. he's calling out the spots from Ringside, which I found very strange. <laughs> Maybe it was an open dress rehearsal? I don't know. It was really weird. There's a wrestler in the ring, a, a, a luchador, at least a mass wrestler, and he's working with Lance Storm.
1: I didn't realize he was in this. I was really happy when I saw him.
0: Yeah, no, I did know Lance Storm was in He's also the uh, the wrestling coordinator on the film, so he, he I guess. That makes sense. He, yeah, he scripted all the matches. So, yeah, he's working in the ring, and we get a long scene. Sheena and Corey are talking in the background.
1: <laughs> I thought it was funny, too. Sheena and Corey are watching this in secret. And I thought it was through like this, the bleachers, like underneath the bleachers. Yeah. They're hiding behind a upside down pallet that yeah. they just pulled over themselves. Yeah. And really- they are both being blinded with the brightest light ever. I don't know how they see anything.
0: <laughs> um, Sheena tells Corey about how hard the wrestling life is. Of course, we're marks. We know this. But for you listeners who don't know, you're on the road over 300 days a year. You know, you have to pay for your travel yourself in most cases, you get injured, you have to go to the shows anyway, on and on. You don't you don't really get to dictate what your life is, especially it's implied that she was such a big star that she was basically in the WWE equivalent in this world, which is known as the BWL. They never tell us what that means, but...
1: Uh, that made me so upset they didn't tell us what that meant.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it means big wrestling league. <laughs> that's,
1: what, uh. that's what I said in my
0: head, but... But yes, I mean it's she's basically in WWE, so she's been suspended from the BWL. Uh, her manager, she uh, reveals, has worked really hard behind the scenes to get her reinstated once her suspension is up. So that's coming very soon. So good for her; she's getting her job back. Kramer at this point in the movie is when I started questioning if wrestling is real or not in this in the world <laughs> in the world of this film. No, seriously, because it was so confusing. You had Foley calling out spots. You had her talking about how she was suspended as though we were, were like you know the nfl and she had like a player misconduct or something I, right. I and could... then
1: she's using the giant swing on like real people right like...
0: which is which is a cartoon move like you can't physically do that it's not like she's stretching <laughs> the guy out or something you know she's it's cartoon the big swing people have to do with you so all of the i couldn't understand any of it they leave this wrestling arena, like you said. They push the pallet out of the way, and they. And they it leave. was so.
1: I when they moved that pallet, I had to rewind it because I didn't know what the fuck happened.
0: They go. Uh, they're leaving the arena, and we run into Sheena's boyfriend, Tab.
1: Why the fuck was he there? Yeah,
0: it's true. Actually, how did he know they were going to be there? <laughs> yeah, wasn't he? Shouldn't he have went to the uh, the art gallery? Yes, Tab. What the fuck kind of name is Tab? Yeah, and of and he's of course. The he's, you know, handsome and he's well put together and he's, of course, also a total douchebag because it's that type of movie and he's going to be the worst. They don't even really try and disguise it all that well. You know from the word go that he's going to be a problem. He also reminds me of MJF. Oh, he does a lot, yeah. Yeah, he kind of looks like him, just without the Burberry. Tab reveals that she, her reinstatement is going to come at the BWL Super Show, which is named Slamtasia, which I thought was great. <laughs> great, so, solid wrestling Uh, pay-per-view name there Uh, they go to the parking lot this is all five minutes of real world time for them they're just walking and Sheena decides in that moment based on a conversation with Corey that she's quitting the wrestling industry for good she's done so she tells Tab she's quitting and he's okay with it so maybe he is a nice guy he says whatever you want I'm I'm here for you it's whatever you want and Corey pops up from the side of the screen. This was shocking. Sheena and Tab are in front of his car, and they're discussing her career. And then Corey just, like, pops up from the side of the screen and is like, why don't you have your retirement match here? Hey,
1: just me. Not being creepy over here or anything, but I was listening to your private conversation.
0: Sheena says, oh, we're, we have a lot of things to talk about. And Tab says, yeah, we'll we'll work things out. We'll see. I don't know if I said this, Tab is her manager and her boyfriend. Who gives a shit? He controls her career. Again, real, real progressive filmmaking. He's always keeping tabs on her. <laughs> so now Corey, now we have a, a double pointless scene. He goes to the hardware store for therapy. Fuck you, movie. Then he <laughs> goes to meet his best friend at his like ramshackle apartment. Don't know why he's still friends with this guy, Luke, who tried to rob him and then abandon him after that brawl at the reunion. But they're still best yep. friends.
1: Robbed him, abandoned him, tried to push him to assault his girl, his ex high school girlfriend. Yep. And now he
0: enlists the aid of Luke to get the town that they live in to force Sheena into having her retirement match in the town. What the fuck is happening right now?
1: <laughs> this movie is doing so much for nothing that makes sense. Like, none of this would ever work.
0: It's like the Save the Clock Tower lady from Back to the future, basically. <laughs> like, here, go, go around, tell people that we want Sheena to be here, and then they'll tell that person, and then Sheena will hear it, and Tab will have no choice. It's like, what the fuck are we talking about? And why are you. This guy is a loser. He's.
1: He basically, did you see that sandwich he was eating? It was crazy.
0: Yeah, it was huge.
1: <laughs> and it he was like. And didn't he pull. It was it? three feet long and 90% bread. It was insane. And didn't he pull it out of a pizza box? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Listener, if you haven't caught on yet, I. Being the fat man that I am, I'm very aware of all food consumed in these movies, and it's one of my favorite things to notice.
0: Yeah, they, they wanted to make this guy Brad Pitt, where he always has to eat in scenes.
1: <laughs> yes, this is the Canadian Brad Pitt.
0: <laughs> so this is another scene where Luke is being wildly inappropriate. Oh, and then if you if you meet this girl, you can do X move to her. It's, it's the whole thing. He says it a lot in this scene. Terrible. And then Corey hires Luke. As a promoter, I guess he. he there's like a, a an exchange of funds. There's a contract negotiated. So Luke's on the payroll now of this deli that also promotes wrestling. I don't know what the fuck's going on.
1: What makes you think he would be good at this? <laughs> Is it just because he's the only other person you know?
0: I, I mean, Kramer. I'm gonna be. I was getting real. I was getting real loopy when I was watching this one. <laughs> and it's so. It takes so long. The beats of the film take so much longer than they need to that I swear I was trying to count the number of other people who had interacted with Luke because I thought we were about to get a Sixth Sense Fight Club situation and this guy was just going to be in his head. (laughs) I swear. I swear. I I was like, this is going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen.
1: When a movie's so bad, you're fantasy booking what's happening
0: in the movie. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. So during this uh, promotional tour for the Sheena retirement match, they end up at a bar and we see the other star of our film. It's Chelsea Green. Hey! She is a waitress named Angel, who, yeah, her character's confusing too, but basically we only meet her in passing. It's part of, like, a montage, and she doesn't really have any dialogue. Corey is saying to her, like, oh, yeah, it'll be great. You'll do this, and then this will do this. And she's like, okay, yeah, that sounds like, but I, we don't know what they're talking about. And then some guy, what what does he do? He, like, steals a drink or something, and she beats him up. So so we know that Angel is is tough, so good for her. I was really in an existential crisis at this point because my notes started to ask, like, questions (laughs) of the universe, in effect. So my next note is, I don't know what's even happening. Are they raising money for her match? Like, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Because they're just, what are they doing?
1: Yeah, it's not for charity or anything. It's never, like, established. It's basically gaslighting her into having her match there.
0: Right, which is a, which is a secondary gaslight, so that Corey can hit on her more. Yep, it's a double gaslight. <laughs> but but right, like there, there's never there's a throwaway line later, which I don't remember when it happens. So I'll just say it now. But after one of these wrestling shows, what someone like a townsperson walking by is like, "We raised eight thousand dollars for the town." Fuck you. That wasn't the plot <laughs> of this movie. No one <laughs> cared about local funding for fucking events. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. Sheena is now once again having her press conference. She hasn't announced she's retiring yet. But she's I again I don't know why she's doing this stuff, but she's having a press there's like oh they oh, it's like Sheena Day, right or something? Yeah, it's Oh, I okay. I wrote Sheena. it down. The first annual Smash Sheena Celebration.
1: <laughs> Awful name. Awful name.
0: Yeah, her 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 wrestling name is Sheena is a good wrestling name, her actual name, but her wrestling name is Smash Sheena, which her gimmick is confusing, which we will get to. I hate her gimmick. We okay. will get to it. Save it. <laughs>
1: I'm also glad it's a first annual, so they're planning on doing this every year.
0: Right. <laughs> there, there's, there's no such thing as first annual. You can't have first annual. It's only annual <laughs> when you do it the second time. She's been gone for 10 years. Why isn't this the 10th annual? All of these things are amazing. <laughs> but anyway, she's at this first annual Smashina celebration, giving like a press conference. She's just saying hi. And Angel, who's Chelsea Green, interrupts her press conference like it's an episode of SmackDown and promos on her, like legitimately promos on her. And I don't sure know does. why. <laughs> but but why? We've never, again, we've never established this Angel character was apparently also a professional wrestler. Who knew? It's She was just a, a waitress at a bar. <laughs> now, now she's, nope, she can work. She's a worker. And as you said, she can work. Chelsea Green? Pretty good in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, spoiler:
1: the best people in this movie are the actual wrestlers. Um, I I won't go that far. <laughs> I will. Mick Foley's the best thing at all. He's the best.
0: I'll I'll put it a different way. None of the wrestlers are the worst part of this movie. How about that? <laughs> okay. Because I actually think the, the all of the act like the actual actors. I actually think they're all pretty good. It's just the material is so bad. But moral of the story is Chelsea Green as Angel. Serviceable. She she she's again another one of these people we see in these movies. Give her more stuff. She would be good in other things. So Angel's promoing on Sheena, and they brawl a little, and very confused. Is this real? Because Sheena wasn't. Corey was in on this work with Angel, but Sheena thinks this is a shoot. So she's just beating the shit out of this girl. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they fight and then you know they separate. Whatever. Obviously Corey is angling this for the the retirement match. But Sheena is angry at Corey because she hasn't even announced her retirement yet. She didn't agree to this booking. So and basically she says that she says, I thought I was done having to deal with bad promoters.
1: (laughs) Yep, And of course, Corey's mad at her.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Because everything she does, no matter how justified, is wrong. That's this movie making 101. This movie does feel like it's from the 80s. It's so antiquated. (laughs) It's basically the same level. We talked about this a little off air. It's the same level of misogyny as No Holds Barred, basically. (laughs) But 25 years later, so it's not good. Sheena confronts Corey at his house in the next scene. And it's like a frigid fall day in Canada. And they're arguing again. Corey's blaming Sheena because she's doing what Tab wants about having her retirement match in a big city. And Sheena needs to go back to her small town roots for some reason. I don't know why. And... Corey decides that they should have a shoot match. So an actual match. And if he's able to pin her, she would have the match in their town. Uh, This is very stupid, but (laughs) they start wrestling, Mm -hmm. actually punching. And again, they're not doing like grapples and holds. They're just punching and kicking each other in this guy's backyard. And they're shooting on each other. They're actually trying to hurt each other. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, they're rolling around a little bit, and Corey's ass gets impaled by a piece of a wooden fence that Sheena had broke. Okay, so this is now Larry the Cable Guy taking cartoon bumps in his movie, because <laughs> why is there a fence in this guy's ass?
1: <laughs> and it's like the uh, And it's like our Larry the Cable Guy film, we're going back to a place we've already been again. <laughs> yep,
0: because we are back at the hospital. <laughs> probably the same room, probably the same day of filming, probably all the things you think. Now we get to the weirdest portion of the film where we get another flashback that tells another backstory of Corey that we didn't know and does not belong here. And is su- it's such a complicated emotional thing that this movie treats like a flimsy plot device, and it really bothered me.
1: Wait, wait, Chris, are you telling me that in your romantic comedy you don't want a suicide subplot?
0: Yeah, I don't. And I also, I wouldn't mind a suicide subplot if it wasn't treated for sort of gimmickry, which is what this movie does. Basically, after Sheena dumped him in high school, their favorite spot in town, which we never heard about before, but it was sitting on a billboard on the outskirts of town talking. Corey went there and was just sort of being alone in his thoughts, and then two like, BMX dirt bikers or something <laughs> like what the fuck were these guys wearing? Right, they, they look like like actual dirt bike racers. Right, they had the full what? gear. It was like yeah, I was the cast of the cast of Rad. Shows I was just up. gonna say, fucking, they're from Rad. <laughs> 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 Better movie, should have watched that. <laughs> they show up at this billboard for some reason, and they're heckling him like, "Oh, Sheena dumped you. You don't have Sheena, nerd." And then he falls off the billboard, and everyone assumed that he tried to kill himself so that's another part of his embarrassment i don't know why they felt this character needed a second layer of embarrassment to really nail this home but they did so now a part of the story from the last 10 years is that he's the around town everyone thinks of him as the guy who tried to kill himself after also being rejected in public it's it's multi layers of stuff that just do not fit and the movie also treats it like a mystery because Corey denies that he would he was trying to hurt himself but then later, he kind of admits it, so I don't even know what actually happened. Nope. So, don't know why any of this is happening. Uh, d- despite having a plank of wood shoved into his ass, he's he's released from the hospital about an hour later, which I don't think would happen. And they're, they're talking, they're, they're kind of bonding a little bit. She's thinking about the, re- the retirement match. And Corey kisses her goodnight on the lips, which is wildly inappropriate. <sighs> Just w- way out there inappropriate. It's just like, uh, excuse me. God. Now we cut to a scene uh, in, I guess it's like a break room. and You mean the cool sheep, the cool giant sheep room? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was with that? There's a huge <laughs> mural <laughs> of a giant sheep staring at everyone. It's very weird. <laughs> and this is, uh, so Mick Foley's in this scene, Lance Storm is there. And what you need to know about the scene is that they're negotiating terms for the arena. The scene goes on forever. It's uninteresting and doesn't belong in the movie. And, just gonna we're gonna keep hammering this point home home about the the wrong tone of this film you have a group of seven men alone in a room dictating the future of one woman who is not in the room
1: oh uh, yeah because that's all this is it, it's
0: gross <laughs> if this movie did this and then had Sheena say no I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for myself why are you doing this to me you guys suck that would be okay that never happens. These men just decide what's going on with Sheena, and Sheena does it.
1: Yep, and the only positive in this scene is that Lance hits his catchphrase.
0: Yep, Lance Storm gets in an (laughs) argument with someone and then declares, if I can be serious for a minute, I popped, I have a shirt with that on. So did I. There's also, I don't know if you caught it, there's a uh, like a framed picture in the corner. It's of it's of Mick, but it's the poster for his Santa Claus movie. Did you see that?
1: Oh, I didn't notice that one. Oh.
0: It's, it's in the corner of the room. There's that, because he did that documentary about the Santas or whatever.
1: Yeah, this movie, I don't know. It, it might exist in a world where this character being played by Mick Foley and Mick Foley exists because later on, a fan is wearing a cactus jack shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that, <laughs> so I don't know how that works. It could be a whole variant situation.
0: This is Mick's big scene in the movie. He gets a lot of dialogue, and, he, and he's he's pretty good. He's fine. I mean, he's basically playing himself. He's telling stories about matches he had, and you know how he gets to show the ear. You know, of course, he's got to show the ear that it's partially missing, and and he basically he's just telling stories about this stuff. A tab comes in. And basically gets into an argument with Corey. I don't know why Corey's even there. You know who should have been there instead of Corey? Sheena. Yeah. So Corey and Tab get in an argument about what, the way this arena will be staged. I don't know. Who gives a shit? The, how many nights it's going to be? What lights are going to be on? And Tab basically sweet talks Mick Foley. And now Mick Foley's working heel. He like falls in love with Tab and is basically telling Corey to shut up. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> They take a tour around the arena, uh, Mick's there too, and it's Tab saying, "Oh, we need more lights over there, concession stand there," and Mick's just shouting out orders to his underlings too. We also see another wrestler who uh, just, I guess, wanders around the concourse waiting for matches, <laughs> and his name is Merciless Mordecai. And Kramer, you know who he's played by, right? Uh, I do know, and you can take it. He is played by the son of the legendary British bulldog Davy Boy Smith, Harry Smith. Who is unrecognizable because he's got like a dreadlock wig on for reasons.
1: For some reason, he is dressed as Vampiro. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Will we mark Vampiro?
1: Yep. Yeah. It, it's no, I don't know why they need to make him like the Canadian independent version of The Undertaker.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could have just been Harry Smith, really. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, we're going to see him work later a little bit too. Now another another weird scene. Corey's in the arena. They're doing. They're like setting up the arena. You know, tabs walking around. Move this chair. And then we see Angel and Sheena rehearsing their match. So I'm um, again. I'm very confused about what's going on because they're rehearsing. So that means they don't actually hate each other. But that thing from before wasn't a work because Sheena didn't know about it. But Sheena apparently knows Angel and they're kind of friends because they're working out the beats of this match. It's very strange. I I can't understand it.
1: I think also during this time, we get possibly one of the biggest scenes that encompasses that they were just improvising. And this is really stuck with me is this weird scene that goes on forever where Tab has diarrhea for no reason.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's right. It's during this uh, rehearsal scene. Yes.
1: It has nothing to do with anything, but for some reason, Corey thinks Luke poisoned him, but it never goes anywhere.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's. Yeah, it's It ties into my next note, actually. My next note is that so many things that happen in this movie that don't need to. All right, so now we get to the big retirement match. Sheena versus Angel. Angel comes to the ring. She's doing her... She's basically being Chelsea Green in the ring. She's got wings. She takes them off. She's letting the crowd pop. And then we get Sheena's entrance. And Kramer, I'm going to try and do this justice, but I want the listeners and you to know that I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard I almost passed out. So her nickname is Smashina. And she comes out and she's, you know, looking all imposing. She's got, she looked kind of got like Road Warrior shoulder pads on, kind of. And she's standing there looking tough. And then she starts doing the fucking robot. <laughs> and I just about lost my mind. Full, first of all, the actress is pretty good at doing the robot. I'll say that. She's phenomenal at it. Second of all, why the fuck is this her gimmick <laughs> as a wrestler? <laughs> Like the full on fucking robot, like the swinging arm thing. And then she tips over. I, right. I.
1: But it's literally just her entrance. She just comes out, stops, does that for a while and then goes back to
0: normal. Yes. <laughs> and it's not. Listen, her name is Smashina. Right. If her name was Machina, maybe this would make sense. But it's not. It's like they gilded the Lily. There's too many gimmick nicknames working and they're they're in conflict. She fucking does the robot for a solid three minutes.
1: Yeah, and, I, you know, just throwing out there, I don't think she's as
0: famous as this movie's letting us believe because this gimmick would not be over. No, 100% would not be over. It, it, it was... A, and again, they do not establish that this is her gimmick.
1: And what's amazing about this, too, is this happens over an hour into the movie and then it made me realize that back at the school reunion a guy was doing the robot to make fun of her I didn't even realize it had anything to do with anything
0: exactly there was the the guy that she beats up that she does the giant swing to he was doing the robot to mock her I just thought he was an asshole
1: yeah I just thought that was some kind of Canadian burn
0: I don't know (laughs) It's so like you have to show us this intro at the beginning of the movie if you're going to have them making fun of her for it the whole time. <sighs> it was so wild that she came out and did the fucking robot. It just blew my mind. Yep. Yep. She's the prototype John Cena. <laughs> oh, man. Angel and Sheena have a match now and it's pretty good. It's, uh, you know, yeah, it's not bad. It's I mean, it's a quick uh, movie match, but it's fine. They're they're working. Hey, Chris. Yep. What's her what's her finisher? Um, let's see. Going back through my notes, going back to my notes. The movie is called... Co- oh, it's the Chokeslam, Kramer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in case you're wondering, uh, listeners, that's basically the only reason why this movie is called Chokeslam, and <laughs> this movie should not be called Chokeslam. Terrible, awful name for a movie. So there you go. Uh, yeah, she hits it on Angel. She wins the match. Good for her. Tab grabs the mic and reveals that he was also working Sheena and that he's booked another retirement show for the following night. Fuck you, Tab. Because he's trying to get Sheena signed into a, a Japanese promotion. So he does all this and Sheena doesn't seem angry. She's like, oh, cool. I love Japan. I'm like, what the fuck is happening now? She went through this whole thing. She was pissed at Corey for booking the <laughs> the first retirement match. Now she's like, great. Another retirement match and then I don't have to retire?
1: No. Nope. Yep, and we continue the the story of Sheena's not in control of her own life
0: 100%. We now cut to Corey's uh mom's house and uh, these oh, are this what the fuck is this? Yeah. So this is this is another subplot that I haven't really talked about, but there's been a running thing where Corey's mom's neighbor will just be at his house or in his bushes and obviously it's because the two older people are in a relationship of some kind and they're trying to hide it from Corey for some reason. But now we get them talking about, oh, you see this match? Sheena did great. Oh, and Corey's mom is yelling from the other room. I don't care. I hate Sheena. And then she walks out of the bathroom naked. And we see Full her. Hold on nude. Yeah. I don't. I mean, how many times do we have to keep saying stop being this way to women before it sticks? Because I just don't understand.
1: It's like they felt the need. They had to put somebody nude in this movie for no reason.
0: Yeah, I don't. Anyway. Corey and Sheena go have a drink. That seems like a bad idea, but they do. It's a very long scene. They're flirting. They're finding out why they loved each other when they were teenagers, because fuck you. <laughs> she. They go back to Sheena's sister's place, because I guess that's where Sheena's staying, which also doesn't make any sense. They lay in the pullout couch together. Things seem to me maybe getting a little intimate. And then Sheena's sister lays in between them, And then physically separates them by dragging Sheena into the other room. And then, Kramer, my next note is that there's an absolutely bizarre scene that I can't even properly explain. And I'm going to let you explain what that scene is. (laughs) Thanks.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, Corey is asleep on this fold-out couch, which I'm guessing is in their living room. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up to Sheena's sister standing over him, eating a BLT. Yep. And she proceeds to be so unbelievably mean to Corey? Yep. And starts talking about how he's such a loser that she thought about pouring bacon grease on his face Yep. so he would be disfigured?
0: Yeah. What is happening right now? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that it's a BLT because I didn't catch that, and I was trying to... The rest of the movie, I was thinking, like, where did the bacon grease come into that? But you're right. If it was a BLT, that would make perfect sense.
1: Yes. So, also... Corey did not see this woman wake up and start making a BLT. It's a shared kitchen and living room. It's very bizarre. There's a weird sub thing where they attempt to hit each other in the genitals. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Why did that happen? It comes back later in the movie? Oh,
0: so th- so that scene happened. Corey leaves in the middle of the night. There's now, I think it's, an, they're in another bar, I think. Sheena catches up with Luke. Because for some reason, she's suspicious of Luke being friends with Corey. Because she should be because it's weird. She catches up with him at a bar, they have a conversation, and she's able to get out of him that he was one of the rad level bikers from earlier who was heckling Corey right before he fell and or jumped off the billboard, and that's why Luke is now trying so hard to help Corey. But my question is, how much long-term booking did Luke do for this? Did he know that Corey owned this deli, and that's why he tried to rob it?
1: Well, he pretended he didn't know him, so he's really working the whole movie. He pretends that he doesn't remember him. There is roughly twenty minutes left in this movie, and the next five,
0: it becomes a drama. Yes, and the 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 swerve that Luke is was part of this Corey thing from before is who cares? To talk about unnecessary information. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Sheena goes to warn Corey about how Luke is only doing this because he was one of the bikers. I don't know why Sheena's angry about this. It seems like Luke realized he, he did something wrong and is actually trying to be nice now, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's attempting to be nice, but as we've established, everyone in this town is shitty,
0: so... Yeah, no, he he sucks, but he's trying to be less sucky, it would seem, and I don't know why she's warning Corey. I don't know why she's caring. She's leaving for Japan. I don't know why any of this is happening. And Corey... Yeah. He takes the news well, though, doesn't he? Yeah, no, no, he does. He goes into full asshole mode and starts sh- yelling at Sheena about how... You ruined my life. Get over yourself. You're not even that good. Like, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? Why are you so awful to this woman? It's just, it's so unbelievable. And, of course, Sheena hears all this and decides, he's right. I have been kind of an asshole. Fuck you, movie. (laughs) Tab, there's there's more stuff with Tab wanting to get them to Japan, and this is the one time where Sheena decides that Tab is a total dick for trying to control her life and career, and she fires him, and he's like, oh, so we're done, and he walks away, but then still, like, hangs out at the arena for some reason, so I didn't, <laughs> I guess, I guess he thinks he can change her mind just like Corey has been doing the whole movie. Well, they're setting up Choke Slam too. <laughs> Back at home, Corey is melted into a puddle of despair, basically. He's wearing pajamas and eating Fruit Loops, which in movies is how you know people are on hard times. Luke shows up at his house, and they reconcile. Luke says he's trying to be a better person, whatever. He also gets in matching pajamas and has Fruit Loops somehow.
1: No idea where those pajamas came from, because he is not the same size as Corey.
0: No, it's all very weird. Again, played for laughs, not funny. So they're sitting there being depressed, and then... Geez. Jeez. Corey's mom's neighbor boyfriend guy bursts into the house and is like, I can't do this anymore. We've been sleeping together for years. And Corey says, yeah, I know. I don't know. Why are we doing this in this movie? Why? Why? Why couldn't they just be? His, why can't it be a stepfather? Who gives a shit? And then he says, the mother says, oh, you have to get over Sheena. She has been mad, bad for you for years. And then the boyfriend guy, who I don't think has a name. Malcolm. Oh, it's Malcolm. Sorry. Apologies. It's Malcolm. He says, you have to go down there and win her heart. You can do this. Come on, let's go together. So after all this movie does, the mother doesn't even have a change of heart. She still is the same character. And this random neighbor guy becomes a father figure because that's what this movie needed, more masculinity. And he inspires Corey to go win the girl's heart. What in the holy fuck is happening?
1: The the closing 10 minutes of this movie is the most quick to wrap up a movie I've ever seen.
0: yeah. There's a match, basically, subplots abound in this film. Tab had gone to Cleveland for part of the movie. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, we we, we skipped over a
1: Cleveland subplot, which might be the only time in film that Cleveland got its own (laughs) title card.
0: (laughs) So he went to Cleveland for like a minute and a half to find the, the other wrestler that Sheena was supposed to work with for this second retirement match, but it didn't work out. So it turns out they're subbing in uh, Mordecai who's Harry Smith, so that's her match, and she doesn't care because again, either it's it's booked that she's gonna win, or she's the greatest wrestler and doesn't have to worry about it. Well, who knows? But they start wrestling, and Mordecai appears to be, you know, going into business for himself. Basically, <laughs> he's he's got her in like r- real chokes. She's having trouble fighting back. Again, it's more shameless masculinity stuff. Foley is on the side of the ring. Yelling like, oh, come on, stop the match. Stop the match. No one wants to see this. I don't know what you're doing, Mick. Mind your own business. (laughs) Because of how this movie is, you know, the the we've been following the career of this female wrestler who's one of the best in the world. And she's got all this opportunity before her. So obviously the movie is going to have her overcome Mordecai and win the match. Or since it's this movie, Corey decides he needs to go rescue this woman. He runs into the backstage area, puts on a luchador mask. And decides he's gonna run to the ring and save Sheena in what is a scripted match. Am I tracking this right at this point?
1: You, you are, you are on, you are on, you are on the correct path. This just makes
0: no sense. So this, the finale of this match is overbooked to high heaven. There's, you know, Corey's in the ring. Tab gets in the ring. He's suddenly wrestling. (laughs) I don't know why that happened. He's he's doing like like spears and the big elbow off the rope. It's so so bizarre. Meanwhile the uh the Sheena Mordecai match is still happening. And then this match ends with Corey pinning Tab. Those two fucks weren't even wrestling. Twenty-four-seven <laughs> rules were in effect. The Mordecai Sheena match doesn't even ever end. I guess I guess Harry Smith said no way I'm taking the pin in this one. <laughs> So the match is, I guess, over because Corey pinned Tab. Corey once again professes his love for Sheena, and then she gives him a chokeslam for some reason. Don't know why. So was this all in the plan? Did everyone know this was going to happen? I mean, is it
1: real or is it not real? That
0: has been the confusion of this film. It's so <laughs> strange. On the way out of the arena, Sheena dumps Tab again, just to so really nail that home. And then... Mick Foley, in his final appearance in the film, walks up behind Tab and puts him in like a Cobra Clutch type maneuver, which I also didn't understand. It's like he's like you had to get you had to get your most out of out of Mick before he left. I mean, yeah, but he but he clearly couldn't do the uh, double arm DDT. So, yeah, Corey and Sheena go to the billboard where Corey fell. And this was apparently their spot, but it's not a real billboard because it's all green screen. So I don't know why they picked this as their special spot. Make it a park bench or something. Because I have no idea. And it and it looks like the kind of green screen you get off Amazon. Yeah, it's it's really, really, it does not look good. For, for your big capper scene of the movie, you could have done something better. Make it in the ring. Fuck it. Make it in the ring. Anything. Yeah. Anything but this. Because they had never even established this other than through dialogue anyway, so who cares? They go there. They make out. Whatever. They're in love now again. I, I don't who fucking knows. And she tells him that she's not retiring and that she's in fact going to Japan. And he was apparently also offered a contract for his wacky guy in a mask character. I mean, come on.
1: Of course he was. He's, he's the male lead. He has to be part of this.
0: So they're both going to Japan to now. They're both professional wrestlers. I guess there goes his deli argument or his deli uh, fantasy. And since they're going to Japan, Kramer, we end our film with a song playing over the closing credits that is probably the best song in the history of songs. Would you agree?
1: A hundred percent. Might be the
0: greatest piece of musical ever composed. It's, uh, I mean, the, the refrain is, everybody wants to go to Japan, but it's said in like a sort of Halloween, jarring, choppy way. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, we'll probably play it at the end of the show, so you'll hear a little bit of it. And then the song ends and there's like a breakdown in the middle of the credits where it's opera singing. Did you stick around for
1: that? Of course not. Okay. Listen, I was watching I was watching on Tubi, so I only had thirty <laughs> seconds left until like one of the jackasses came on afterwards <laughs> from autoplay. <laughs>
0: So the the song plays for a while, you hear the chorus a couple times, and then there's an opera thing, like straight opera music, like woo woo woo, you know, that kind of thing. And then it goes back into the original song. So I think the opera part was part of the first song.
1: Get the the fuck out of here. It's
0: the craziest
1: thing I've ever heard. I spent this morning looking for this song. It does not exist anywhere
0: other than this credits. (laughs) You obviously didn't stay for the credits. I'll give you some, some wacky credits from this one. As you know, I always watch the credits.
1: I look for sandwiches. You look at credits.
0: That's right. Uh, Lance Storm, as we mentioned, was the wrestling coordinator. It, it shows because the matches are actually pretty good in this. Chelsea Green was not only Angel, she was Sheena's stunt double. So I guess she also stood in for Sheena in a lot of the matches because she, the actress playing Sheena is not a professional wrestler, although she did train for the role, and she looks pretty good when she's doing her stuff too. The film also has a special thanks card. To Bret Hart and Natty Neidhart, so I don't know to what degree that thanks
1: is earned. It's because this is a Canadian film, and all Canadian films contain a <laughs> thanks to Bret Hart in the credits.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, you know, his nephew is in the movie, I guess. So I get maybe that's why. I, I don't, I don't know ultimately what the uh, the connection to the Hart family is. I, I think it was filmed in Calgary, at least in part. But do you have any uh, anything else you want to say about Chokeslam?
1: Oh god, not really. There's the less you say about this movie, the better. Uh it should not exist in this time frame. Like this movie is not something that was made in the two thousands, even though it was. If you told me this movie was made in like nineteen eighty six, I'd been like, that makes sense.
0: Or like the early aughts, like right after American Pie came out when they were making all those parody of Yeah, anything
1: that started with National Lampoon's at that time. If this was National Lampoon's Chokeslam, it would have made sense.
0: (laughs) Ignorance is bliss. Now it's time for Ignorance is Bliss, segment of the show where we ask people what they think these movies are about. They only know the wrestlers' names and the name of the movie. So we got a couple entries. I'm going to be reading one from someone named Lynn, who wrote in to say that she thinks Chokeslam is about Mick Foley playing the owner of a cafe that holds weekly poetry readings. Chelsea Green is an aspiring slam poet who froze on stage in her last attempt. And the movie is about her workshopping her new material so she doesn't choke during the climactic slam poem. So <laughs> so to, to Lynn, choke slam is about choking during a slam poem, which I really liked. <laughs>
1: I, I like that Lynn's movie is the expanded version of the poetry scene from So I Married an Axe Murderer.
0: <laughs> I always love that scene because it starts with the uh, Mike Myers getting the huge cup of coffee. Yes, the comically large cup <laughs> yeah. of coffee. And he gets the, what is this, Campbell's Cappuccino? Hello. <laughs> <Such> a, <laughs> what a bad movie. I love that movie. Uh,
1: I don't know. Does that hold up? Haven't seen it in a while. There's
0: no <laughs> chance that that holds up. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Mike Myers does holds up.
1: <laughs> uh, you're you're about to get more Canadian emails. Now we're oh, bad mouthing Mike Myers on a Canadian based oh, no. episode. Oh no. <laughs>
0: well, well, we'll we'll stay away from uh, well, Rick Moranis. We won't go there. We'll be okay. <laughs> uh, and of course Kramer. I spoke to my father about what he thought Chokeslam Slam with Mick Foley was about. So why don't we listen to that together, and then we'll get your thoughts afterwards. Hey dad. Hello Chris. So today's movie is called Choke Slam, and it stars the wrestler named Mick Foley. What do you think Choke Slam is about? It's Choke Slam. Choke Slam, one word. <laughs> All right.
1: I would th- think it's uh, you know wrestlers <laughs> and the the, techni- the technique he's using.
0: So you think this is a straight wrestling movie? This is about a group of wrestlers, or at least one wrestler. Right. So, so do you know what do you think choke slam means? You said it was a technique. Do you think that's a style of wrestling?
1: I think it's like, a, a, what you call, um, a illegal style of wrestling.
0: Okay, so you <laughs> think, so you think this, um, so Mick Foley, the the wrestler in this movie, you think he's one of the wrestlers learning this technique, or is he teaching it?
1: I would say he's, you know, he's uh, not teaching it. He's actually practicing
0: it. Okay, so in the as as we know, wrestling is uh, the outcomes are predetermined. We know that mm-hmm. uh, in real life, but in in the in the logic of this movie, is wrestling real? So are these outcomes not predetermined? Are are the winners and losers based on how well they do in the ring? Yes. Okay, and, and is uh, Mick Foley the person who's who's using this choke slam technique? <laughs> is he the uh, the villain of the film, or is he the hero of the film?
1: I would say he's the villain.
0: So we're following a different wrestler who is trying to win despite Mick Foley's illegal chokeslam technique. Is that correct?
1: Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. So your father believes that this film is very much like in Kill Bill where the bride had to learn the five points of death. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. He, He does think that. He also thinks that... The, the the move choke slam which is clearly a singular move is a, a technique t- of like a style like the <laughs> chokeslam style so
1: <laughs>
0: it is a technique that has been barred for its violence and <laughs> he also so so choke slam which we've we've talked about is a terrible name for this movie it's an awful name for the movie but my dad much like when we did snake eater and he thought snake eater was the bad guy but the second part of the title his law was a reference to the hero so he thought the bad guy had a franchise and the hero <laughs> was the secondary thing so once again my dad thinks this movie is called Chokeslam slam based on the villains style of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean i guess points for calling it out as being about wrestlers i guess but <laughs> One, two, three, so kramer First question, is this a wrestling movie?
1: This is, if it is anything, it is definitely a wrestling movie. I don't know if it's a romantic movie, (laughs) but it's a wrestling movie.
0: Yes, it is a wrestling movie. I'm kind of glad. I thought Mick was in the movie more, so I was a little worried. But since it's so much of a wrestling movie, it doesn't really matter that the wrestlers in it aren't in it a whole lot. So we kind of get away with it there. I think Chelsea Green's in it more than Mick, probably. It's close.
1: Yeah. It's got enough wrestling content that it makes it a wrestling movie because the assorted wrestlers in it are actually all good popular wrestlers so that
0: helps yeah and then that kind of ties into my next question kramer is this a good movie
1: oh fuck no no this movie is not good it's a problem this movie when this movie first started there was five minutes where i'm like this isn't that bad right now i actually thought Corey was kind of good delivering the comedy was okay to start and then it falls off a cliff so hard with all of this this misogyny bullshit that this movie is 99% made up of it's not a good movie
0: and it's it's what's frustrating is that it's very close to being a decent low budget indie romantic movie like this script needed two or three more revisions you needed to build up some characters more and trim other characters down. It's it's very close. They they got many of the things right. The cast is pretty good. They they have enough quirky plot elements, like the wrestling is, is kind of fun that it could have worked, but the script is so all over the place. It mishandles the subject matter. Like you said, it's it's very, very antiquated in the way it approaches this stuff. The leads of the movie should be females. Or at least they should have more agency in their roles. There's hardly any women even in this movie, and it's about female wrestling, which is crazy. I, I just, God. it's 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 close, but it's just it just misses. In it's 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 more frustrating when a movie does this, where it's like right on the edge and it misses, than when a movie is just so terrible that it you can spot it from a mile away. This is more frustrating.
1: Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, it was it that almost being there is a tease that almost is like this, this was something people put hard work and time into something and just did not stick the landing.
0: Well, we, we agreed on, is this a good movie Kramer? Are we going to agree on where this would be booked? If this were on a wrestling card. Now there are multiple main events in the movie. Does that make it a main (laughs) event movie?
1: Uh, This is not a main event movie. I am putting this as a mid card movie And that's mostly just because there is a lot of wrestling to it. But there is so much, I guess, baggage attached to it that... If you needed a different match to go longer, you could bunch, You could actually take this completely off the card and book everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, I wish they still did that. <laughs> now, they'll, <laughs> now they'll just make you sit through the extra match just for the hell of it.
1: Yeah. no. then, sometimes like back in the day, where we'd be like, "And uh, we're not going to get to the Rockers versus the Nasty Boys. Yeah. We'll have it next week for
0: <laughs> you." <Yes. laughs> or that uh bulldog. Uh, What was it, Berserker match from WrestleMania 8 that (laughs) I'm still waiting for? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree. I'm going to put it in the opener, so slightly beneath what you're doing. It's not quite a jobber because there's some good working parts. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wrestling. And the wrestlers in it are all, you know, well above average. I I think we'd agree. So uh, it's in the opener. It's just as a movie. Oh, and it's definitely way too long. I mean, it's, it's not that long, but it's way too long so it's like 105 minutes or whatever, you could have trimmed 15 minutes and it would have felt and so much And all of it would have been the therapist scenes. I mean, 100%, you could have cut all those and it just, it would have made the thing feel like leaner. You know, like there would have been some like urgency to it, but since every scene takes so long, it's kind of like, oh God, it makes the movie take so long. <laughs> Kramer, you know how this movie was, uh, the poster showed you that it's all about a female professional wrestler? Yeah. Well, much like it not being about that, it's time for the swerve. <laughs>
1: this is the swarm.
0: so Kramer one of my favorite swerves and I think one of yours and I know the listeners love it is the IMDB plot keyword game
1: yes
0: so we haven't done it in a while so I was going to do it for Chokeslam but bad news we're not doing it because the internet movie database only has one plot keyword for this movie so as a bonus swerve before we get into our actual swerve I want you to guess which plot keyword is attached to this film. And I'll give you a hint. Uh, Okay, good. (laughs) It shares a keyword with films like Braveheart, Batman, and Goodfellas. Name that plot keyword. What the fuck connective thread do
1: those movies even have?
0: Braveheart, Batman, Goodfellas, and Chokeslam all have the same plot keyword. Name it.
1: (laughs) Okay, is the keyword chokeslam?
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The keyword is one word title. <laughs> oh, come on. How is that a plot keyword? Who, <laughs> what kind of psychopath would click that being like, I want to know all the movies that share this trait. What
1: the fuck is that? What kind of psychopath is the one like,
0: Doing that, like going through
1: IMDb and going, oh, that's one word, attach <laughs> keyword, next movie. This pers- There's a person out there going through IMDb <laughs> just to attach that to every movie. God, man. Because there's no reason anyone should have seen this to make that. It's
0: just, uh, it's wild. So that doesn't count as a plot keyword game. We'll be bringing that one back pretty soon. So instead, I decided to go with some straight true or false questions about... The wrestling hold the choke slam or as my dad thinks the wrestling technique known as the choke slam
1: oh I'm excited and easy I can I have a 50% chance
0: unless I do a push sometimes I do that
1: <laughs> oh you son of a bitch
0: true or false Kramer the choke slam was innovated by Paul Heyman because he wanted it as a finisher for 9-1-1 that's got to be false so this may or may not be true or false That that seems to be where it was innovated in terms of professional modern wrestling. But I'm going to give you credit because it is false because there is a wild story that apparently has some truth to it where the chokeslam was invented by the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Wait, what? (sighs) Abraham Lincoln was apparently a shoot wrestler in his youth and he was apparently very good at it and there is a story which may or may not be apocryphal where he executed a move that sounds very similar to a chokeslam to win a match. And there are drawings of it where they show him carrying, lifting the guy up in the air. So there, there's no way to prove this, but the sort of general fun trivia story is that Abraham Lincoln invented the chokeslam.
1: That is phenomenal. And why was he not the first president to go into the WWE Hall of Fame?
0: Apparently... And I I also don't know if this is true but apparently occasionally WWE will tweet out our our honorary first, you know, president wrestler or whatever, Abraham Lincoln because of this story. Bizarre. I never
1: I I never knew that. I knew the wrestling part, but I didn't know that he was attributed
0: to the choke slam. Absolutely wild. We'll we'll probably And put,
1: he was a tall he was a tall fuck too. That yeah. means that was a big drop. Yeah, he
0: probably came out in Kane's mask too. Um <laughs> There's a draw, like a drawing, a sketch that someone made, you know, whatever, 150 years ago or whatever, of him basically chokeslamming a guy. We'll probably put it up on the Instagram. Nice. All right, next true or false? The Big Show, Paul White, actually invented the kneeling version of the chokeslam.
1: I'm going to say that that is actually false.
0: It is apparently true. Okay. So, as we know, the Big Show's version is not, you know, I don't know. But I guess I'm explaining this in case my dad's listening. And as he drops will... you, he drops to his knees. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, which would explain why when you see him now, he walks
0: extremely slow. Oh, I mean, that's got to be brutal on your knees, man. For a guy that big, I mean, he probably has knee trouble yep. anyway. Okay, in the film we just watched, which I don't know if you knew this, Kramer, was named Chokeslam. Mm-hmm. We see three choke slams. Is that true or false?
1: No, I'm going to say it's false because I think she only did it in the two matches. Well, I don't
0: know if she did it. In the... Oh, yeah, she did it to him in the two uh, you're correct. It is it is false. She did it. She did it to Chelsea Green, and then she did it to our the star of our film, Corey. <sighs> True or false? The first wrestler to use the choke slam as a primary maneuver in the WWF was Kane.
1: Oh God, I don't want to say false. I'm gonna say false again. I feel like it was like Sid or something, right?
0: So it is false. I Sid did do a choke slam, so you can count that if you want. But for me, the first time I ever saw the move used as like the way to end a match was Giant Gonzalez.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: He used to do that really weird one where he didn't really get anyone in the air, and then he just choked them, so it was kind of like a combo submission move. Right. And then after he disappeared, when Undertaker beat him, Undertaker stole the move, and that's how it got to Kane, ultimately.
1: Oh, okay. I, You know what's funny? Of everything we've ever done on this show, I feel like this segment right now will be the one that gets the most people writing in bitchy emails about choke slams.
0: Yeah, because, well, you know, there's, there's probably luchadors probably been doing it for a century and a half. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm Some
1: supermarket is going to be really angry about our,
0: our discussion of not knowing the choke slam. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Come tear us apart. Just listen to the show. <laughs> and finally, the choke part of the choke slam is technically known as a goozle. True or false, Kramer?
1: That's true, because I know I've heard somebody say the goozle.
0: (laughs) That is true. (laughs) I just think it's funny. And I love when
1: somebody says that. The goozle. I goozled them.
0: (laughs) So I think you did pretty well on that, as always, was not keeping score. Um, Kramer, I think we've done the job for Chokeslam, the movie, the move, the wrestling style, all of the above. It is still the season of love. So do you have anything special for us? Oh, I do have something special for us. In fact, I have something special for you
1: for Valentine's Day. Ooh. So I feel like we need to get the taste of this film out of our mouths. Mine tastes like maple syrup and rancid poutine. (laughs) So our next film, I have a proper romantic comedy. This comedy takes place in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Oh, hey, I know there. And its suburbs. (laughs) And I will just read you the... uh, the description of this movie. Okay. A German businesswoman falls for an American pro wrestler she meets at the dog park. It tests her lifelong obedience to her CEO and father. What? We will be watching the 2015 film The Dog Wedding <laughs> starring the one and only Prince Albert aka Matt Bloom. Wait. Wait <laughs>
0: I I I can't I, my brain is melting. I can't even I can't, really, I can't even form words. The dog wedding? Tell me this is on Tubi. The dog wedding, uh, it
1: is not on Tubi. It is available for rent on Amazon for $3.99. Oh, okay,
0: so we, listeners gotta shot out is, some money.
1: From what I can put together, a German film shot in Arizona and starring Matt Bloom to the he's on the cover. He's on the front cover. With his bulldogs dressed in wedding outfits. Oh
0: my god! I am. So, I can't. I, I. I. just can't. This is one I did not expect. <laughs> the dog.
1: The wedding. deep dark nights of digging through IMDb has shown me such
0: beautiful pain. And listeners, you are about to experience that pain with us in our next episode. Oh, man. Until then, you should subscribe because you do not want to miss that on uh, on launch day. You want to definitely <laughs> be there. Be one of the first to hear about the dog wedding. Uh, you Like, uh, rate, review, subscribe. All the podcast places were there. You can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks. We'll put up uh, Mick. We'll, we'll show you Chelsea. We'll, we'll probably tag her, see if we can get a, a cheap like.
1: And make sure and make sure you hang around for the end of the show, because there might be a musical treat.
0: That's true. That is true. Um, we actually we we like Chelsea in this movie. So usually we, we trash the wrestlers and then we don't want them to listen to the episode. But Chelsea can listen. Go ahead. Um, we're on Twitter at movie underscore marks. If you have suggestions for movies, we should cover if you've heard of the dog. What is the dog park dog wedding? What is it? No, the dog wedding. The dog it's wedding a wedding. Okay. We're going to a wedding. <laughs> somebody's getting married (laughs) oh if this is a musical I'm going to lose my mind (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you want to email us about anything make fun of us tell us who invented the chokeslam for real email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com and of course we are actively seeking corporate sponsorship of any kind I mean I guess we can probably get a deal with like Petco after our next episode right (laughs) yeah that does it for us here Until next time, I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer. And we're the Movie Marks. Reality check. Who here thinks that living the Los Angeles dream has made her soft?
1: Oh. Is this is part of my
0: You don't see me flying around the world, getting my feet massaged, drinking cucumber smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> you sure as hell don't see me getting my opponents
1: handpicked.
0: <laughs> Call me out. Easy payday. Oh yeah, easier than your webcam gig?
1: I saw that. It's really nice stuff. Let's dance, Beam. Boring!
0: Raises a valid point. He's had a few tough nights, janitorially speaking. Oh, so yeah. much urine. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, talk to the boys about their accuracy.